Pulse 95 Live with Abdul Karim and Aisha. Live from the Sharjah International Book Fair at the Expo Center Sharjah. What is also exciting about today is that it officially kicks off Thrillfest at the Sharjah International Book Fair. And what is exciting as well is that we're having a thrilling time right here in this hour with JD Barker and KJ Howe themselves right here sitting with us and uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. It's a pleasure to be here. Likewise, um, I want to start with, with JD because I've read something very interesting. That for a thriller or a suspense writer, you were kind of scared when you were a kid. I, I, I was. We, we grew up without a television in the house. Mm. I was reading from a very early age, um, and I quickly learned that I liked scary books. Mm. I, I, I don't know what it was about them, but just, I guess, the, the reaction that I had, but I just, I love scary books. Uh, it could be because we lived in the middle of a forest, which kind of helped, <laughs> but um Yes, yeah, so I, I gravitated towards that. I think um, when I read Dracula for the first time, I, I was hooked. I mean, that's interesting. I mean, genuinely, when I think of uh, scary books, although Dracula is a is a classic, it is a classic, but I don't, it doesn't appear and it doesn't come up to my head as uh, one of the first books that I'd be uh, consider as something that would be scary. But it is in. In, in theory, it is quite terrifying, especially for a kid well, I, to I was, be reading it. I was eight. Yeah, I was just about to say, <laughs> as, in, as a child, that was not a, child, a book that a child usually would go or gravitate towards. So that's, that's quite interesting, honestly. And it makes me wonder, did that kick off your love for writing? It, it did to a certain extent. Uh, just it, We went to the library pretty much two, three times a week. We were mm. constantly picking out new books. I had a sister who's 15 months younger than me, so we were very close in age. Um, and we quickly just start writing stories more or less for each other. We just write them out on paper, staple them. I had a library. And she would come in and she would check out the stories. I would charge her late fees. And that's kind of where it, <laughs> it, it began. Um, and then I just gravitated towards writing longer and longer pieces. That's amazing, honestly. And KJ, how was your childhood and the um, scary things? <laughs> well, um, my father worked in telecommunications. So we moved from country to country growing up. Um, for me, it was interesting because my passion and interest in kidnapping developed because it was, you know, when you're always a stranger in a strange land, it, it's, you're kind of saying, okay, what are the security issues here? And my father was responsible for a large group of people wherever we went. Mm -hmm. And so that for me was really intriguing that, and that's how I actually now write about an elite kidnap negotiator. And that was kind of the lead in to that interest in kidnapping. I, I did not expect, when he said kidnapping, I was like, that another thing I did not expect, <laughs> that it was uh, about kidnapping. But I mean, that's what kicked off your love for thriller and scary things. Yeah, I sort of, so, so most thrillers mm -hmm. focus on murder. Yeah. I decided that kidnapping intrigued me because it's a purgatory of sorts. Mm -hmm. You're alive, but you're not really living. Someone else is in charge of everything that you need, whether it's food, you know shower everything yeah and that's really something that giving up control mm -hmm. is very challenging mm -hmm. absolutely you're both in, are going to be speaking and, and taking part in the thrill fest here in Sharjah uh, a lot of the talk is going to be surrounding the twists and turns and in the plot so let's go behind the the scene and the author's pens how do you plot these twists and turns and, and do you sort of um, when, you, when you're planning do you, do you go with the flow or is it all 
pre-planned and you know exactly what's, what you're going to be doing. I, I think anytime you start getting comfortable, whether you're a reader or a writer, it's time for that, that little yeah. twist. <laughs> um, if I feel my characters should do this, I tend to make them do that, um, even if that's a difficult thing for me to deal with. If I'm not sure what's going to happen after they do that, um, I may have to spend some time plotting it out, but I, I tend to paint myself in corners, make it as difficult on the character as possible. If, if, if their life goes easy, nobody wants to read that book. And uh, yourself? Uh, I'm also an organic writer, meaning that I, as I kind of plan as I go, which mm -hmm. I love. There's people, you know, like a Jeffrey Deaver who have 110-page outlines for their novels, and then there's Lee Childs of the world who sit down and type and see what happens. I'm definitely more of that type of writer where I like to explore because I always think if I'm surprised, the reader will be surprised. And also, I, I'm. I'm someone who gets bored easily, so being able to explore like that and see where things go is much more interesting to me than planning and executing. Honestly, that is interesting because when I think of a mystery or a thriller or suspense, and I was even talking, was I believe it was yesterday or the day before, with another thriller um, author, and Max uh, Sack, and I was telling him that usually when I think of writing something like that, I feel like I need to write backwards in the sense that I would start, okay, I'd be like, okay, this person's gonna be murdered by this person. Now I need to go backwards and think of it in a way where how to unravel it, how will the reader unravel it. So having such an organic and interesting this to me it piqued my interest that it's just very just natural. Everything just comes out. And he also mentioned the fact that we are in a digital age as well. So back a long time ago, we had the typewriters. They had to be kind of planning out everything. But now we can just go back, delete, edit, come on back, go for it again and again. So that truly does help. And KJ, you were writing about fitness at some point. I was. So I used to be a medical and health writer. Mm -hmm. And um, changing from nonfiction to fiction is a really dramatic change yeah. because basically, as you all know in journalism, you know, you basically start with the lead and you tell it like it is. Whereas in fiction, you must dramatize and you need to hide that lead because nobody wants to know the ending until the ending. Well, that's, that's, the, that's the most tricky part, isn't it? When it comes to fictionalizing non-fiction content or even uh, your inspiration. So I'd like to touch on uh, what, what inspires your writing, both, both of you when it comes to coming up with a new story or a, a new novel that you're working on. Uh, what, what, what's, where do you source inspiration from? Oh, the, the evil question, where do yeah. the ideas come from? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't know that there really is a good answer for that. I, I personally, I've got a note on my, my iPhone, yeah. an app, and I just, anytime any type of idea comes to me, I drop it in there. I tend to find, I've got some things that have sat there for years, um, and a lot of times I'll take two of them and combine them, and that's where the, the real you know, diamond comes out. Um, you take two totally different scenarios and put them together, things that shouldn't belong together. Um, and that's usually where I, I, I begin the process. KJ? For me, all of my ideas are driven through my research. I, as a medical writer, I am a research junkie, and I just am passionate about interviewing people and getting to the you know heart of the matter. So I've met a ton of kidnapped negotiators, former hostages, and that's where I find my ideas come from, is speaking to them and thinking to myself, you know, and with my evil mind, oh my goodness, what if this happened? Mm -hmm. And that's where I find, so for me, I'm very different than JD, like in the sense that, you know, uh, like we were joking during our panel just now, like he likes to do a lot of his research on the internet, you know, for different places where I, I am someone that want to go and immerse myself in that and then just write from there. So it's, it's great that we all write and have a different process. And uh, speaking about research as well, and now with the prevalence of the internet and having access to the internet, 
a lot of things have popped up that are part of uh, like a popular culture, especially when it comes to um, horror, suspense, murder, and whatnot. That these don't generally happen in real life. Yes, this can happen. For example, one thing that has become a nuisance for me or a pet peeve is once I read somewhere that you cannot actually. Um, Again, sorry to our listeners for talking about murder so early in the day, but um, you cannot really, it's very difficult to murder somebody by suffocation. It's very difficult. And since I learned that, I get angry every time I see a TV show or a movie and somebody suffocates somebody. And I was like, you're not supposed to be dead yet. It's not how it goes. So how do you deal with that? Making sure that you don't have any sort of misinformation in your stories that somebody can send you an email and it's a very long worded email that says, actually, this isn't how it happens. That happens to me all the time. I've killed so many different people on paper. (laughs) And the funny thing is, as a thriller author, you have to constantly come up with new ways to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, The one that that got me in the most trouble, I had a character that I killed with a drug called lisinopril, which is a blood pressure medication. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you give somebody enough of it, it can actually induce a stroke. So if you were to do that to somebody who's already taken that medication, even in an autopsy, they more than likely wouldn't discover it because Mm -hmm. unless they're looking for a dosage. Um, But I had nurses that reached out and said that the dose that I used in the book wasn't large enough to actually kill somebody. Um, That wasn't a mistake. Like, Mm -hmm. I knew what the correct dosage was in order to get the job done, but I didn't want to put that on paper and basically create a how-to manual. Um, So you're you're constantly walking that that tightrope. Makes sense. So for me, I really like getting my hands dirty in the sense. So I went down to Arizona and did a, a gun course, a knife um, combat, and hand-to-hand combat, and just got to you know experience. Now, don't get me right wrong. I'm not a lethal weapon, okay? <laughs> but but I did get like my opportunity to literally go through the motions. So I know how it feels when I fire you know a 50 caliber um, sniper rifle, or you know, or I have a certain type of knives in my hand. So I think for like that kind of stuff. I really want to make sure I get it accurate. And I have a lot of friends that are in the special forces that read my books for me for accuracy because I don't want to get those letters either. <laughs> I like the fact that you go practically as well. Yes. Go, go, yes. go learn on the job, why not? Um, now, uh, you had a session earlier today. It was called uh, Mastering the Arts of Thrillers, How to Craft Suspenseful, Suspense, uh, suspenseful Narratives. Uh, how was the reception there? How did you find the, the audience and... Um, were there some interesting questions as well that were floating around? Yeah, it's, it's always fun to talk to readers, right? Because as authors, we're basically locked in a tiny yeah. little room, chained to our desk, you know, cranking out these stories. So when you can sit across from people that actually read those stories and see that enthusiasm, it's fantastic. Um, there were a couple of aspiring authors in the audience, which is always fun too, because I, I love to teach craft. Um, so I, I had a good time. I I find it inspirational because you know when you when you get to see the kind of backstory for writers I think people find it very intriguing like people were asking questions about what's our process like you know um, how do we get our you know like you said ideas and, and so it just be able to share that with people I think they really enjoy that kind of interest because you know when you read a book you just basically take it for granted but when you see behind the scenes and how much work goes into it I think they have a different attitude towards that so it's lovely brilliant um, now I'd like to touch on uh, the, the biggest fears that you know, most broadcasters tend to have is technology and the fast-moving world of AI, um, mm-hmm. and then the changing, let's say, um, attention spans of, of the general public and the readers or even listeners. Uh, how do you, as authors, view this this challenge? Do you take it as a as an opportunity where you can incorporate AI into story writing, for example, or is it more to do with adaptability? 
Uh, I've, I've played with it a little bit. To okay. me, it's, it's not quite there where it's an effective tool for an author. It's almost like talking to an encyclopedia. Yeah. Um, I, I think mm -hmm. if it gets to the point where it can actually have a creative thought, then we're probably in a lot of trouble yeah. um, on a lot of different levels, not just as authors. Um, it, it's good for, for certain things, but, but not others. If, if I need to create a character really quickly, I can ask it to describe a dentist who's 43 years old to me, and it'll give me a paragraph about that. It saves a little bit of time. Yeah. Um, but actually writing prose and or writing dialogue, it's, it's just not there. So for me, writing is such a personal experience, yeah. and I feel like everyone's heart and soul is in their book. And if you meet a writer who says they're not really writing about themselves, they're probably in denial. <laughs> and uh, and so I feel like, you know, AI, yes, it's there, but it's not, it doesn't have that personal approach that, you know, we are like, you know, obviously JD and I are very different writers because we grew up in different circumstances, had different experiences. And I think that just comes on the page and that kind of personal touch is very hard to replicate. Now there might come a, t a day when we will have to, uh, you know, say, you know, okay, computer, help me, you know, <laughs> and if that day comes, I guess we'll face that. And the amazing thing about Thrill Fest is that it brought all you guys here together, right here in Sharjah, and honestly, personally speaking, because I've always said in my life, like a long time ago, when I was probably like 15, 14, that I'm going to write my own book. Now, the genre of the book changed like three times so far. It went from fantasy, I'm still a lover of fantasy, but I'm like, nah, I don't think I'm not going to write that. And then a couple of weeks ago, I'm going to say around a month ago, somebody, something popped in my head. I think it was a shower thought. I was like, murder in Sharjah. So I was like, okay, that's going to be the book. It's going to be a book the book is about. But again, I feel too scared to start a thriller because I feel like because it is, it's, I feel it like blurs the, the line between fiction and nonfiction because you're, you need facts. Like you said, you guys research, look up things, you speak to people. But at the same time, it's part of fiction. So how, me, myself, or anybody else, how can we start with a thriller book? What do we do? I mean, for me, it starts with two words, what if. You know, so I, I've got a book called A Caller's Game, where somebody actually calls into a talk show very similar to this and confesses to murder live on the air. Uh, the DJ doesn't believe him, so the person calls back and actually commits murder live on the air. Um, and they're, you know, as a he won't do that today, though. No, we won't do that today. Um, but as a broadcaster, they're caught in the middle. So, like, just asking those questions. I've got a glass of water in front of me. If I were to hold up that glass of water and said, "What if this is the last glass of water in the country?" You know, we're surrounded by thousands of people that are about to get very thirsty. Wow. So, when you add the words "what if" to pretty much any scenario, it leads to A to B to C, and, and you can craft your story. And from my perspective, I would love for you to come up with a character that really speaks to you mm -hmm. and ask yourself what she like and make sure she's very kind of well drawn out, you know. Does, what kind of history does she have in her family? Does she have any issues, you know, that she's dealing with in her life? To really ri have a rich character and then start from there because character is everything. The reader wants someone to cheer for. Mm -hmm. And so just dream up your, your, your perfect character for this book. I love that very much, and I love the both of you said KJ and JD because, first of all, I the idea of what if is so natural and intrinsic within us that we tend to take it for granted. We forget that we can literally look at anything and say, what if, what if I just did that? Even though we do get intrusive thoughts, we're like, what if I just flung my phone at somebody right now? But you wouldn't do that, and you would ignore it. But if you take it and put it into paper, there you go, you got a story. 
And as for KJ, you reminded me of something my professor took me a long time ago in my creative writing class, and she told the entire class, and it genuinely changed my perspective. And that's the reason I think I switched to, um, that's why I threw away the idea of fantasy, because I said, I'm going to write about what I know best. She always said, write about what you know. So I said, I know Sharjah, so I'm going to write about Sharjah. So that makes a lot of sense when you said, write a character that I should understand and know back and forth for the other people, for the readers, to also find some connectivity and relatability. And honestly, you guys are a treasure trove of, um, of ideas, and I'm, you truly did inspire me. I know you might have heard this a, long, a lot of times, you inspired me to write something, but no, I genuinely am learning from this entire conversation, and I'm getting a lot of ideas. I'm literally asking what if right now. I, I think I'm a little bit away from the, the interview, right? I'm looking around, I'm like, what if this <laughs> microphone, what if I just flung it at Abdul Karim? What if this happens and what if that happens? So honestly, it's, it's a wonderful chat with both of you, KJ and JD. Oh, thank you so much it for It was really us. a pleasure to come. Thank mm -hmm. you. Yeah, it has been an absolute pleasure. Well, stay tuned to Pulse 95. We'll be bringing you more authors uh, throughout the day as we continue to broadcast from the Sharjah International Book Fair. Pulse 95 Live with Abdul Karim and Aisha, live from the Sharjah International Book Fair at the Expo Center Sharjah.